Hello, guys. Welcome. We are here today at Minds in Time, and we will explain to you our situation with what is going on with the current pandemic. I believe that there isn't much sort of support awareness in this sort of process and I feel you know we've got the boys together today and we're going to discuss a couple of different topics and different sort of ideas about what's what's going on the aim of this podcast is to bring people together we are you know all, all are forms of the working life I know quite a few people who are in all different industries as do you guys and around the world so guys if you want to introduce yourselves hi so I'm Atib and yeah, I'm one of Mazin's close friends. And we thought we'd do this to kind of raise awareness of what people should be doing in this difficult time and to basically put a positive spin on it all. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, so my name is Charlie Thorpe and I'm a self-employed musician and entrepreneur, I would like to say. We've come to discuss current affairs at this moment in time. Hi everyone, my name's Omar Khan. I worked in healthcare improvement directly with the NHS for five years until more recently I moved over into government services where I now work across a wider span of projects that are all around increasing productivity and service delivery across government services in in the UK. One important point that wasn't mentioned, our close friend Atib who's on the call. Atib, do you want to tell us a bit about your job and what you do? I work for the NHS as a doctor. I'm currently a GP trainee in my first year of GP training. So, yeah, that's me. On the front line. Yeah, I'll be on the front line. Just to add into there, guys, I'm currently in full isolation as my mum has had a fever, sore throat, cough and symptoms like that. So I am currently off work, isolating inside the house. Yeah, to make sure that we don't spread whatever she has to anyone else. So are you Wonderful. out of work for now then? Are you isolating for yeah. 12 weeks? No, no, no. So I'm isolating for 14 days as per government guidelines at the moment. Right. So I'll be out of work for till then, yes. And just on the same token, lads, I want to share, although there's no illness in, in my family home at the moment, I'm currently isolating myself for 12 weeks because I fall into the category of people of which there are something like 1.4 or 1.6 million out of 66 million in this country who are deemed as a high risk and that's because I am on certain medication which means that I fall into that list so yeah we've got a couple of different situations here but I guess Charlie and Maz what's your current situation at the moment is I guess it's not business as usual but what, what position are you in? I'll let you go Maz. Okay Yeah, so for me, I work for a medical company. We are based in Sheffield, so all of us are connected because we live in Sheffield and on the outskirts of Sheffield. We've known each other for a while and obviously things have, you know, shut down for us and, you know, restricted a lot of processes. So for me, yeah, I work for a company called LabLogic. It's a medical company and it's been around for 39 years. Started off in Sheffield and basically we do a lot of sort of export. We do a lot of sort of manufacturing of equipment ourselves. We specialize in nuclear medicine and radio pharmacy. So yeah, for me and in my experience so far that, you know, all operations, you know, have sort of subsided. We deal with a lot of hospitals, a lot of universities and this sort of nuclear power plant sort of side as well. And, you know, a lot of us are working from home 
and are able to do that. But yeah, you know, there's a few people in the company where it's difficult for, and you know, we'll address these sort of issues and you know these topics in due course. But yeah, I thought you know in this episode we just sort of talk about current affairs with what's going on and things. Charlie, if there's anything you want to add to that on your side of things. So yeah, for me, it's a little bit different to you guys. So obviously I'm self-employed at the minute. I'm a drummer in two metal bands. And obviously we've taken a big hit currently as times have changed slightly since we've lost all our concerts at the minute. But that's not everything that we rely upon because we also have a record label, which I manage. We started last year quite successfully. And so that's sort of more of an e-commerce based role and business. Which is actually still booming at the minute, you'd be surprised. Is that the music sort of industry itself that's been booming or is it your sort of personal experience with that? Well, obviously the music industry has took a massive hit recently. As sort of anything to do with social gatherings, which obviously music is generally based around, has taken a huge hit recently. Any, anything event-based, because I have a friend who's a security guard, a friend who's a music photographer, they're all completely out of work at the minute because mm-hmm. obviously social distancing is happening right now. I know you and your bandmates, you just mentioned you have a record label and I know that you guys have a business selling merchandise as well. Yeah. Given that obviously your concerts aren't going to be going ahead, but I know we had a chat offline the other day that basically spoke about the fact that people are likely to be at home more and on their phones more and therefore on the internet more. Have you seen any any differences in your sales of merch or you mentioned e-commerce? Can you elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, I think it's early days to tell. Obviously, we post T-shirts and CDs and physical music. We post them out to customers who order online. So at the minute, uh, nothing's actually changed in, in that regard. Obviously, the live side, is kind of our project is kind of 50-50 sort of live side and online. And currently, yeah, it's the same. Because I think other people that have lost work and stuff, obviously, they took a financial hit. Like the economy is generally ground to a halt. But I think actual delivery services and e-commerce is probably booming at the yeah. minute sort of in yeah. general. Because people are now, you know, even doing the shopping online. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I am personally. Talk about I you guys. I have a friend who works for Morrison's at the HQ, and they're actively looking for drivers, as you can imagine, right now in really? every single branch in the whole of the UK. So, where every wow. other industry and almost every other job is getting hit, and people are losing their jobs, this is an industry and this is a job script well job that's going up and there's a huge demand for because yeah. much more and more people are getting food sent from home so yeah i guess maz what's the main yeah topic so cover off today? I, I think i think um yeah. so yeah basically i just wanted to you know start this episode off and basically say that yesterday last night prime minister boris johnson had sent out a couple of messages to the uk and you know he gave out a sort of set of rules and today we're just going to sort of discuss a couple of them so i'll just go forward and just let you know what what the rules were so he said everyone should stay at home and would only be allowed to leave for specific reasons so one of these reasons is shopping for basic necessities as infrequently as possible number two is medical reasons to provide care or help to a vulnerable person and number three is traveling to and from work but only if it's absolutely necessary. People should not meet their friends or family members if they don't live in the same household. And this is sort of key to stop spreading the virus. But, you know, my first question to you guys is, you know, how do you think that 
the government are going to implement this. this. This is quite a difficult strategy. It's not full lockdown like some other countries. For example, today we are on the 24th of March and India today have gone in lockdown. One 0.2 billion people are going lockdown. So how are we going to, you know, implement this? It's quite difficult. There's no official lockdown. So, so well, yeah. I, I think that a lot of this relies on the goodwill of the people of the country. And it is about not necessarily enforcing this with, you know, with an iron fist, but it's more so increasing awareness and getting people to come on board with this. And I think majority of the people in the country that have heard the message you know will know how serious the coronavirus is and that it will be causing a lot of death and therefore they will abide by what the government set out they have mentioned that the police have power to you know send people home and detain people if they're not abiding by what they said for everyone to do which i think is fair enough sort of what are your thoughts on, on what he said and, and also uh, on, on what Boris sort of tried to implement? I think it's the right step. I think it needed to happen. And I think, obviously, the public don't really take things seriously. The public tends to act a little bit sheepishly. They do what the neighbour's doing. People don't take it seriously until everybody's taking it seriously. So it took them a few mm. weeks to sort of catch on, I noticed. Because I had a friend who is a nurse and he had a patient in a hospital in London. I caught, this is a few weeks ago. They were sort of locking off the area when this was like some of the first cases of coronavirus in the UK. And they were taking it really seriously and locking off some of the areas of, of tape and stuff, telling the public to stand back, people in the hazmat suits. And he rang me up kind of panicking. This is a few weeks ago. And from there onwards, I sort of, I was trying to take it seriously. And even the news wasn't really enforcing it and stuff. And I was thinking, well, this is, you know, this is kind of serious. I was trying to tell my sort of family and, and close friends what to do, what maybe we should do. And then the sort of the news came second and everyone was just laughing at me the first few weeks. And I was like, come on, guys. Eventually, everybody sort of kind of caught on. And I've just been acting the same, really, because I work from home. So yeah. I've, I've been doing things inside, trying to go out a little bit less. Obviously, it comes in waves, I think, you know, taking it seriously and, yeah. and panicking. Well, well, I, I, I think I think for me, like we've seen what's been going on around the world and, you know, with all these cases that's going on, I feel that we need to take it seriously. You know, I feel like the public do need to take this, you know, stop going outside and, you know, mingling because that's the only way that the virus can spread. And yes, I understand that, you know, full lockdown is difficult to implement i think maybe we should be going towards that and i think it's going to be hard to manage the current situation that we're in i think what's re what's really interesting and i think what i've observed over time is the change in people's view towards things so i've got a large network of people that i know as i'm sure you guys do a lot mm -hmm. of which are people in sheffield in south yorkshire and so on and so forth but i also know people that I've met over the years that are in different countries that I've got access to through social media and so on. And what's been really interesting is a couple of weeks ago, there was loads of people that were still going to the gym at a time when I decided I wanted to stop going to the gym. And I made that decision because I'd heard about the coronavirus, I'd looked into it, I'd watched podcasts such as Joe Rogan where he had experts <laughs> on there explaining what's, what's yeah, likely to Yeah, that was a big come. one for me. And, and yeah, I almost I almost preempted being where we are today and I'm even now I'm preempting where we're going to be in three weeks. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of people that they don't make active change until it's so enforced everybody's upon doing them. it right. Yeah. So one of the yeah. things that I was really disappointed with with 
kind of the decisions that were being made was that I've felt that today and even still now that we've been really soft on our approach to protecting people in this country because my yeah. view is that what they keep saying in the government is what we want to do is slow the spread of the virus so rather than it going like this it goes like this yeah. and if that's the case then why not lock down ASAP because nothing's going to slow it down more than lockdown and of course it's the only reason there's got to be the economy because you know if it's about NHS being able to cope well they're going to be able to cope a bit easier if everyone's forced to stay at home you know so, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's it's definitely that. a reactive approach as opposed to a proactive one. For example, yeah. New, Ze New Zealand shut down, um, locked down way in advance, and they've got a much softer case than, than we have currently. Yeah, yeah. And also Canada, for example. But I think Canada are doing a bit more of a similar approach to us. I was speaking to Sol yesterday. He, he's based in, in, in Canada. And he says they aren't under full lockdown, but they are under similar messages. Now, I don't think they've had as many cases as we have. So, yeah, that's something to look into. But I feel like, yeah, if, if Canada I mean, are offering this, this similar approach, then... I mean, we've seen the consequences of delaying things in Italy. And we've seen how their hospitals are you know, we're struggling to cope and are still, you know, managing this quite difficultly. So I also agree with Omar that we should have taken, you know, drastic measures sooner and we should probably be, you know, harsh with the lockdown where there are people actively like the police or the army ensuring that people are locked down and are staying in their houses. But I do see the other side of it as well. You know, for example, when they said to let people out for one form of exercise per day you know that aspect of it kind of is a major relief for a lot of people on their mental health and it, it does keeping active as well prevents diseases so mm. you know there's both sides to the argument but yeah I'm happy with the measures that they've taken you know that they've brought into action yesterday I was very unhappy the day before when we didn't have any form of lockdown so it's yeah, progress. I, I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's, so, it's, it's I want to uh, get your opinion on something, guys, right? So as you've all just mentioned, right, until yesterday, you could argue there was quite soft measures. Nobody was actually, quote, unquote, forced to stay at home from a kind of legal perspective. There was no danger of them getting in trouble with the police. Supposedly, as of yesterday, there is now. So if I'm going out and, you know, it's not my third race run of the day and I can prove that, then I, yeah. won't have any I won't have any trouble. I had a friend of mine who I was on the phone with earlier. They went down the famous Ecclesaw Road in Sheffield, which ended up at the Hunter's Bar roundabout right next to Enclid Park. Mm -hmm. And they told me it looks like normal in the sense that oh. there was a lot of people out. There was a lot of people walking the street. There was obviously those people running and we would hope that that's that one and only run of the day. But mm -hmm. besides from that, there were cars on the street. Now, mm -hmm. I was really surprised to hear that because I've literally not left this house where I'm living in now for a little while. And I wasn't expecting it to be out like that. I was expecting it to be almost like a zombie apocalypse out there where there aren't anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's your views on why that's not happened yet? Does it need a few days to marinate these new yeah, rules? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's, I it's early days. Through? It's early days and also the police haven't fully been informed of uh, what to do and how to sort of handle it, I think. So I guess over the next week or so, you're going to see more drastic measures. And I think I've heard yeah. you might be seeing some soldiers on the street. I have a friend who's in the army and she said, don't be alarmed. 
if you do see a few soldiers on the yeah, street. Yeah, I think I think government will bring in I think they're bringing yeah. in twenty thousand soldiers really? on the streets. But to answer your question, Omar, you know, I feel like it's just very difficult to implement. I don't think we have enough, you know, police out there monitoring yeah. the streets. You know, the UK is a huge place, and I think with the army being in force, that will boost. Yeah, it'll boost the instance so much. Also, you know, Eamon today, so Eamon works at the local GP practice. Eamon, if you guys, is my brother. And yeah, he's, he still, works out local there, then. he's still out there, you know, you know, fighting for the NHS, doing his <laughs> bit. Yeah. Now, today, actually, as he was walking out of work, he saw a group of youths, okay, who were out in, in the streets. But youths. Youths, okay, you know, between sort of 16 to 20 year olds, sort of youths, but they were sort of all together. Now, he did say that a police officer and a police car drove past, stopped their car, and told them to disperse, which they did. So it was good to see and it good to hear actually that they are enforcing these rules. Okay, you know, it's quite yeah, quite up here, yeah. And I guess at some point we can ask George Walton how things yeah. are in the police. And we can get him on board with the podcast and he can give us a insight into what it's like doing the job. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. So, so quick question for you, Atib. Obviously, as you mentioned earlier, you're a doctor, you work in the NHS. We know mm-hmm. at the moment that you're self-isolating because of your mother, who we pray gets gets well as soon as possible. Can you give us a flavour of what it was like before you came off kind of duty as yeah. things were building up to where we are now? Yeah. So things were definitely building up and the pressure was building up. In our practice, we were quite fortunate, actually, that our GP partners, so the two partners that run the practice, were ahead of most other practices in Sheffield. And they decided to go into having free GPs to do telephone triage. So instead of patients coming in to see them in a clinic, they would be calling people every five minutes and triaging the call and seeing if they can manage it over the phone. And if they couldn't, they would book the patient into my clinic, which I had a free clinic during the day or in the afternoon, and they'd just be booking patients in that needed to be seen. And that way they were ensuring that anyone with fever, cough, symptoms of coronavirus, you know, sore throat or anything like that weren't coming into the GP practice unless it was unlikely to be coronavirus at the time. So I think that alleviated the pressure of, you know, of the frontline staff getting coronavirus and then becoming super spreaders and spreading it amongst, you know, loads of people in our practice. But the pressure was on because, you know, the reception was getting calls every minute And during an out-of-hours shift, you know, people were calling non-stop about this. So it's fully changed the way GP practices are operating at the moment because patients who would normally get appointments are not getting appointments. And it's, you know, for the bare emergencies or the things that need to come in essentially are what are, you know, being allowed to come into the practice Amazing. And you know, there was one particular instance that we'd caught up at the end of your day and you'd mentioned that you had to kind of dress slightly differently with protective measures such as the mask and gloves. What what was the kind of reason for that? Were you coming into direct contact with people or was it a risk at that time? Yeah, during our everyday practice, because I was the one who was seeing the patients, 
I was wearing the mask and the apron and the gloves. But during an out of hours shift, which is called a visit shift, where you're booked in to see patients on home visits, I was seeing patients in their home. Sometimes the history was limited and, you know, patients had fever and had chest symptoms. So, you know, coming into direct contact with some patients that, you know, weren't definitely having coronavirus or had it been diagnosed, but just to protect ourselves and to protect others, we were having to take these precautions. Very interesting. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, wicked. Okay, so I've just had a look online and basically a lot of the other places, so non-food shops, a lot of them are allowed to stay open. So we do know like pharmacies, for example, Mm -hmm. petrol stations, they're allowed to stay open. But also garages, bicycle shops, home hardware shops, pet shops, car rentals, corner shops, post offices, banks, laundrettes. I actually facilitated one of my friends who works for the NHS needed to get an MOT and whilst mm-hmm. they were working today I arranged that for a minute it struck me that places that garages on cars yeah uh, well actually it was it was open so places that do MOTs on cars was open uh, and it makes, right. yeah it makes sense when I thought about it because if people have to go out just to do a shop or taxis have got to keep moving or NHS workers are still going to work and mm-hmm. anything goes wrong with their car there's got to be someone to fix it so I think they've carefully selected who has the right to stay open, who doesn't. Maz, if it's all right, I had one other thing that's been sort of swirling in my head for the Mm. last few days that I haven't really figured out. I wanted to get your three's opinion on it, if if there's time. Yeah, yeah. So I work for a large corporate firm, right? And some of the offices house hundreds of people in them, right? And none of those have been shut down yet, right? Mm. So, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about not being in lockdown as of yet. But yeah. I know of places where there are still plenty of people sat in a room together because they've not been forced to shut down. Now, yeah. in my head, that seems ridiculous. Is that as of today as well? Well, do you know what? If I'm being honest with you, I haven't checked it as of today, but I checked it as of yesterday. Yeah, I heard still... a few firms shut today. Yeah, okay. they did, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I it might have changed overnight. It might change. Uh, yeah, I, he... I think... I think we we were officially shut as in our offices and our company, you know, operating. Like Obviously, we are still operating at home, but our office officially, like in terms of the admin staff and and stuff like that, today they've sort of completely closed. But it would be good to double check that and just make sure, you know, for next time, because we need to see all these different places, like just make sure that, you know, they are sort of closing down because, you know, all this social distancing is it, great if, you know, a set amount of people do it. But if everyone's not doing it, then it's just going to take a, a big hit on everyone. Yeah, of course. And yeah, I think, you know, just, just sort of spreading that message is sort of key and vital. Going to the last point that you raised, Maz, so around no meeting of family or friends that don't live in the same house with you. So let's just briefly discuss some of the challenges that that's going to bring. So, mm. for example, let's say you've got anybody from the age of 15 all the way up to 40 you might have relationships of yeah. where people don't don't live together i'm in one myself mm-hmm. and so i've just had to sign up to not seeing my partner of four years for a minimum of 12 weeks which as you can imagine it's been it's, it's going to be putting a, a lot of pressure on a lot of people that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah 
it's been a nasty hit. Yeah. So similarly yeah. to, to what I've done with you guys is I've started to increase the level of things like FaceTime and stuff like that. And yeah. It's a blessing because it helps. You've got to be thankful for the even, technology we have. Yeah, I can't even imagine yeah. what it's going to be like going 12 weeks without seeing her. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same situation as me. So I wonder, yeah. it did cross my mind, not me. I wonder if people are going to rebel against that when push comes to shove and it starts to get really hard. Yeah, yeah. it might start getting more difficult as time goes on. I, I think so, yeah. I think also, yeah. you know, family members as well from other sides. So, yeah. for example, you know, sort of close family members being in another household, they could be elderly. They could be just be, you know, the full quarantine, isolating mode, you know, staying inside. And you're, you won't be able to see them for, for like, 12, 12 weeks potentially if, if it's a case like yourself and some people you know won't be able to manage that we have to provide the support around them just to make sure that they're not going to you know break this social distancing rule by going into another household and I think yeah if everyone manages to do that then that'll be the sort of best thing possible. Now I didn't mention this to you guys today, but it sort of came out recently in the news. And I thought that if we were having a podcast today, we'd sort of bring out some of today's news. And yeah. the health secretary today, Matt Hancock, he has now developed a new hospital, the Nightingale Hospital, based in the Excel Centre in London. And that's going to be helped with the military. Now, it's apparently going to, you know, house and be able to withstand 4,000 patients. Do you think that, you know, this one hospital alone will be able to support the cases of the coronavirus moving forward? It's a step in the right direction, I feel. I get, yeah, I guess it's a step in the right direction, but it's quite clearly not going to, you know, solve the problem that's going to unravel over the next couple of weeks to a month. But as Charlie said, any little opening of a hospital or and stuff, any extra bed is going to be helping, isn't it? I think a call for uh, NHS volunteer workers today. Yeah, yeah two hundred and sixty thousand. Because I think we. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, well, since pretty much the majority of my line of work is dried up uh, in terms of being busy nine to five, I've got two vehicles, two XL wheelbase vans that aren't being used for the music industry as they usually are. Okay. Uh, sat on my driveway, sat on my road outside. So, I mean, if I could use them, if I could donate them to the NHS or something, yeah, that would yeah. be great. I just that, I don't really know how, uh, how to go about that currently, but I've been well, looking into it yeah, a little that, bit today. Yeah, that would be great. Um, as in, donate them in terms of turning them into kind of like an ambulance service, or, or what do you think? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, they're just sat yeah. there gathering rust at the minute. And yeah. One was on eBay, and then the other one was getting used. Yeah. But now, obviously, no one wants to buy a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So they both just well, sat there doing nothing. Even if it's a case of me doing some driving, wearing a hazmat suit, just driving yeah, yeah. Some, some supplies around, surely yeah, that could yeah, help. Yeah. I mean, if they could that's, offer, that's if they could do it, if they could offer some sort of like simple way to volunteer, that yeah. would be great. Well, I'll watch so, this space, guys. Picked up today when I heard uh, that news, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Charlie, that's yeah. a really kind, kind thing of you to offer, and I think. One of the ways in which, you know, you can put your support out there in the world right now is through social media. So I've got a friend who owns a clothing store in Leeds City Centre yeah. and he's got two city centre car parking spaces in Central. Oh, wow. And he went on to, I think it might have been Instagram or Twitter, 
and basically offered those parking spaces to any NHS staff as he's not going to be there. So that might be a good place to start. Obviously, you've got a team here as well. When he goes back to work, he can mm-hmm. he can have a little look around and see. Going back to your earlier point around this new space that's being turned into a hospital, you mentioned that they've got roughly a, a capacity for 4,000 beds there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it might not fix the whole problem, but I think it's a huge help given that at the moment we've got 8,000, just over 8,000 cases in the UK. So not all of those require hospital attention. A small percentage of those do. So 4,000 is quite actually a big number. That's, the only yeah. issue I see with that is that if it's located in London, you know, you've got places all over the UK where you're going to get new virus outbreaks in individuals. Is each outbreak going to then travel to London? I don't think that's going to happen. That being said, there is a high proportion of people in the London area. And I don't know if any of you saw that horrific photo that came out this morning on Sky News of a tube that was absolutely full to the brim as if it was five o'clock on a normal Friday in the central London. And when I saw that, it shocked me to death. But then I used my brain a little bit and I thought to myself, I heard Boris Johnson say the other day that he's not cancelling all transport, but I think he's reduced the number of lines that are in operation. So yeah. obviously that's going to mean... They're going to be busy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be busier yeah. on the limited... So it kind of yeah. adds up. It kind of adds mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Also, I think in, in terms of the rail side of things, there's going to be police, you know, monitoring the rail stations. It's going yeah. to be enforced at the police. So they are going to minimise. And I think they're just going to sort of question the sort of smaller distances that people are travelling. I understand that people have to go to work or they have emergencies they have to attend. But I think, you know, minimising the trips to the train station would be key. And by having a police presence there i think it will, will do a big sort of deterrence there'll be a big deterrence definitely so a little police presence in the local area today when i went on one daily jog mm. ran past a little riot van there Charlie, where, 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 where naughty bugger i'm sure you'll be doing two, two jogs a day one. <laughs> <laughs> one jog probably last two hours <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing i mean i wanted to go on some like slightly longer jogs to be honest like what are the sort of yeah what are the limits on uh, how long you can jog for it's all just sort of precaution. When, when, I, when I come out of isolation, I'm doing a straight up half marathon, my once daily exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to do 13 miles, and as long as you're non stop, then I guess it's counted as one piece of exercise, then, yeah? That's it. That's the one. <laughs> one, one piece of exercise, 55 mile bike ride. <laughs> yeah. We'll do an Iron Man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, Omar, I just wanted to and, and Tibor actually. So you guys are currently self isolating in the day. Ha- like I was talking today, this today on, on my Instagram. I think mental health is definitely you know key and something which needs to be addressed moving forward. I feel like you know it's all well and good putting people in the household and try and minimise any social contacts and the social distancing that they get from people, but it'll be hard on people. It would be hard. And going back to what we discussed earlier. How long do you think people can do it for? It's going to be a struggle. In the case of adaptation, people are going to have to really change their ways, I think. I was surprised with this this panic buying, to be honest, like just how daft some people are, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it just shows you. We'll see what happens. But yeah, people are going yeah, to have to I really guess, um, adapt. I guess, I guess the social aspect is going to be difficult, especially for people with coexisting mental health mm-hmm. problems or people who have anxiety and things like that, because 
you know, when we treat mental health conditions, we treat them holistically with, you know, we look at the biological side of things. We look at the psychological side of things. We look at the social aspect as well. And the yeah. social aspect is a huge aspect. And having a social structure in the day can be beneficial to some mental health conditions. So for that particular reason, I know it's going to have a major impact on a lot of the people that are self-isolating or that are okay. adhering to the so, rules in place. So the question would be, if there are people such as yourselves self-isolated, how would you, you know, combat this, you know, so, sort of mental health that you could be doing? Yeah, so I'm going to look at this in two ways because... I'm not somebody who suffers with a huge amount of what I would deem as mental health issues, although I think we all do to some degree or another. Um, We all have our up days or we all have our down days. And if you have a down day, you're battling with mental health, you could argue. But I've never really, you know, diagnosed myself with depression or anxiety or anything like that. But I have been in my own head a lot during this time, more than normal. And I found myself thinking crazy things like this so in my particular household I've got kind of four quote-unquote normally healthy people and then there's me who's kind of at higher risk and they've all kind of communicated to me that for the love of me they don't kind of want to go within two meters of me and they don't really want to spend that much time in the same room as me so they've allocated me two rooms in the house one of which is my bedroom and one is this like small study slash living room in the house now it doesn't mean that i'm not walking walking past them or i'm not seeing them i'm still seeing them but we are making a conscious effort to keep a distance and we're not eating on the same table and stuff and so so i'm questioning my head sometimes like you know i'll be honest like do i feel lonely like do i feel like i need more human interaction do i miss my family that live in the same house as me and i'm asking myself these questions and so far so good And to answer your question, Maz, I think the reason for that is, is one, my friends. So, you know, you guys have been ringing me as soon as you found out I was in this situation. You've not Mm -hmm. left me alone, which has been amazing. And then the second thing is I'm just being a a massive busybody. So, like, I'm doing things around the house that I would never normally do, whether it be skipping outside, whether it be DIY, whether it be setting setting up a dartboard, doing waves. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all sorts of stuff around the house. My room is like as clean as you, it's ever been in the 28 years I've lived here. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, things, it's just things like that. I'm one of those people that likes to keep busy, so. Good, good. And this is why I think one of the reasons we, we're doing the podcast is just so we can get people together. Like, we're going to have the Facebook page, we're going to have the Instagram. People can can comment, they can share their thoughts and, and how they are feeling anywhere in the world, actually. Go on, see. Sorry, sorry. Are we, are we still on the same topic? Or yeah, it, of course, of course. Yeah, go on. So for me, at the moment, being at home, you know, there's a battle between me. There's part of me that feels guilty for not being at work yeah, in the current imagine. circumstances, and you know, given the fact that everyone else at work is going to be struggling and you know going to have to take on more work, so that that side of me feels guilty. The other side of me is actually naturally been enjoying the spare time that I've been having so I've been start wake up in the morning I'll start off my day by doing some questions for my upcoming GP exam in the next year and then you know I'll have some food and then I'll I'll do some work around the house maybe do a little bit of exercise and and things like that so it's the luxury of being at home spending time with my mum and then things so I guess it's what you make of it and you can always 
make yeah. it into a positive. Yeah, well you, said. Yeah, last, exactly. last, last night I did something that I haven't done in maybe six, seven years, which was I went and made a milkshake. <laughs> and let me tell you guys. What, like a protein, was, um, protein shake? Or like, well, well, I'm sure yeah, you've I had protein, protein shakes in seven years. Protein shakes, just a standard procedure. You're That's talking about a full-grown, thick-bodied milkshake. Break it down to you, bag. What was in it? I yes. Mean, <laughs> so what was in it was there was definitely about at least half a litre of ice cream in the blender. Then, yeah. So the ice cream is what makes it thick and, yeah, very thick. That's how I like my milkshakes. There was a bit of milk. Break. Yeah, a bit of milk strawberries so i put in there a lot of strawberries and a little bit of banana just to add the healthy you know aspect to it and then i added in a little bit of raspberry sauce around the edges let me tell you that went down very nicely sounds delicious (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice and, I'm and out of all the Ramsey's ice creams after you said that. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the thing, like, like Ram Ramsey's is doing well because you know yeah. they are, are inside, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's just sort of producing the desserts and things. But he says, you know, obviously, delivery collection, services are booming. Delivery service is booming, but collection is also, and also is the time that we're in. People are nervous. Uncertainty mm-hmm. makes people nervous, and then and they need know, ice cream. Well, it's it, <laughs> no, but you know, I'm saying this, it's a luxury ice cream, desserts, spending money on desserts is a luxury. So some people don't actually do that. And yes, you know, he has, you know, done well, but then there's also days when he hasn't done well. Yes. So just to let the, you know, the guys know, as a family, we also own a restaurant in which, you know, I'm actively quite involved in. We have found since the coronavirus has started to flourish and manifest itself in the country, our orders have gone down. We've obviously closed the restaurant side of things. And now we're, we're just doing delivery service, you know, with strict procedures in place. But we found that people are not ordering that much and the business is, you know, considerably quieter than it normally well, is. And so I guess that's probably... Drop in sales. Yeah, yeah, a massive mm-hmm. drop at the moment. Uh, the deliveries have gone down slightly. The only thing that we are attributing it to is the fact that people see you know, getting a curry or getting food like that as a luxury rather than a necessity. And they're probably, you know, we're putting yeah. it down, they're probably just cooking up meals at home and saving because a lot of people's yeah. income's being affected. I, I, think like is, I think it is exactly that, you know, because one thing I've noticed on social media, I use Instagram a lot, like a lot of young people. And I'm also quite heavily into fashion and clothing. And I'm noticing that all clothing brands and clothing outlets are slashing their prices and going on sale. And I can only assume that's because people aren't spending. Their sales must have gone down massively. If a lot of people have been laid off or a lot of people's jobs are uncertain or whatever the case may be, they're going to be holding on to their money. So I think that that probably mm-hmm. relates to what you're talking about, Ateeb, in yeah. the sense of why people are feeling a little bit hesitant. Yeah, my, my personal opinion is that it definitely is early days still, but the I think yeah. it will balance out with the fact that people are now indoors, so they will mm. be sort of online shopping, they will be on the computer, their income's cut, sort of balanced out with the fact that everyone will be indoors now. There'll be a lot more demand for online, you know, and deliveries. I was reading about Amazon. They said they are going to still deliver a lot of the items. They are going to prioritise medicines and things like that, food and medicines, I think. 
first before they sort of shit anything else out. Yeah. One more topic, actually, T-Bag, before you go into a killing spree. One more topic <laughs> I wanted to discuss, and we, we sort of talked about it earlier, Charlie, you mentioned it, is about the, you know, the NHS looking for 250,000 volunteers. Yeah, I think I think it would be a big ask. What, what are your guys' thoughts and, on this? A question to you there, Maz, is because I've not seen this or come across this yet since the first time hearing of it today, on this podcast what are they re- requiring the 250,000 people for is it what kind of service provision yeah. are they going to so, get out of these people because that would determine the answer they will be healthy volunteers to help yeah. nhs for shopping for the delivery of medicines and to support those who are shielding to protect their own health from sky news so i just want to say that right before I kind of had to go into full isolation for 12 weeks. I offered my services to my local community. Basically, what I did was I created a little note. I created a little note. And on that note, it said, hi, my name's Omar Khan. I've lived in this area for X number of years. You might know me. I understand that at the moment, those who are 70 plus or have underlying health conditions may need some support. So I'd like to offer my assistance in picking up medication or picking up food and dropping it off to your door or whatever the case may be. So I I actively sought out people who I knew were elderly, 70 plus. And I also knew a few people in the area that had kind of long-term health conditions. So I dropped a note in their letterbox. And then over the kind of next few days, I received calls from those people, not all of them, but a fair few of them. Most of them were just, oh, thank you, young man. That was so kind. But one or two of them actually did need help. So before I was quarantined, I went out and I did a couple of pickups for them and I dropped them off. We also have a very close friend of ours who's not on this call at the moment, but his name's Asim yeah. Khan. Um, we're gonna get the the the, the, the I to the M. We're going to get him on a. <laughs> we're going to get him on a future podcast. We're going to essentially we're going to interview him. The reason he's not on this podcast is because right now, and as he has been for the last few days, he is actively out in the community. He's actually got a, a helpline phone number set up in Sheffield and Rotherham, whereby anybody who's in need can call that number and receive assistance. So I think oh, wow. when they're looking for volunteers. I think it's people like Asim that they're looking for. And I also think that there's probably going to be a need for kind of makeshift healthcare support workers. So not necessarily people that have clinical expertise, but extra hands in a health environment, I would imagine so. I agree. Charlie, do you got any thoughts about the volunteers side of things? I hope some people sign up to it. I'm sure you will. But let, let's um, say they yeah. are shouting for people you know, like us, for example, obviously I want to see you guys guys in isolation at the moment. So it is something which I'm looking to be helping with and especially reaching out to Asim. But I think it's people like us. I'm 26. Okay. Fit, healthy. So yeah, they're sort of calling for people similar to us. So if we can get the message out there to the people, I think that's the best thing. But then also, are they contradicting themselves? So by, by saying by saying you want all these volunteers, but then these volunteers are going to go out in the public. But then also you want, you know, hashtag stay at home. So I guess, Maz, it's a balance of risk. So let's say there's elderly, frail person with lots of comorbidities, lots of coexisting medical conditions and things like that, who has no one to go and buy their groceries and stuff. They then will be putting themselves at risk to go go ahead and get the groceries i guess the initiative is to reduce the you know the risk in the people that essentially 
cannot go out and do this. Or if they did, they would be at high risk. For example, Omar. If Omar was at home alone without any family, you know, and he had no one to do this for him, then he would essentially have to go go out into the public environment and put himself at risk. So I, I guess that's where these people will be deployed to help people like Omar and the elderly and the frail and the ones with lots of health conditions and the ones that are immunocompromised. So I think it's an excellent idea. And also a lot of students, the universities have been cancelled, medical students have been, you know, their exams have been deferred or been wavered or other forms of assessment are being used. And these people have a lot of spare time. So, you know, on their hands that they would have never have even anticipated having, you know, a six month break from university. And if we were to deploy these people, medical students, nursing students, all students and things like that to help, you know, society, I think it's an excellent idea. As long as the correct precautions are taken, they're provided with personal protective equipment and they're provided with training on how to protect themselves as well and have an increased awareness of this, then I think it's a great idea. I know Charlie disagrees because he just walked off. I think I think it's a it's a great I think it's a great initiative. Okay. If we just we just gotta try and minimize the contact because places like you know Italy, for example, they're in full lockdown mode, okay. I was speaking to Lorenzo from Italy, you know, just yesterday, and he says it's just full, yes, yeah, full lockdown mode. If there's curfew, you can't actually, you know, leave the house, and it's just to get, yeah, groceries and medication, and places like the garages and things like that, they're all closed, and volunteers sort of supporting. I understand that, you know, these people they require assistance, and the only way that they're going to get assistance are through these schemes. But I, I just feel that, you know, minimising the contact. So. Yeah. All I would say about the volunteer thing is, before I say anything to contradict myself, I obviously was somebody who put my name forward before it was kind of snatched away from me. And I can honestly sit here and say that I would be one of the people that put myself forward if I was fully, fully fit and healthy. The only reason I'm not is because... I'm worried about the mental strain I'd put my family under if I was to yeah. fail. But then the other thing I would consider, if I was fit and healthy, should I do it? Because I've got two sort of parents at home that are on the kind of elderly side. And I'm sure there'll be people who are young and fit like some of you, but have elderly parents at home. So it might be all right for you to go out there and risk yourself. But then what if you were to bring the virus home and then one of your parents to get ill? Yeah, it would yeah, be on you. True. And so I think people will be battling yeah. with that. Well. It is a massive balance of risk, isn't it? I guess it's com- you know, for people to be to use their common sense and to assess the risk of themselves, you know, going out into the public and doing it. Yeah, I know a group of my friends that live in central London. There's three of them. They're all young and they're all fit. And they're all healthy and they live together as friends. Now, that would be a group that I would suggest to put themselves mm-hmm. forward for this because yeah. they're not bringing the virus home to anybody elderly yeah there probably is two hundred and fifty thousand so, worth of people around the country and students so, students for Omar, example would be a, a, a big sort of field students you know i was actually thinking about this the day there, there was i drove past and there was like four or five six seven they were just playing football in the park and yes it was open they were just playing like long kicks and things but it's like, yeah, they don't have much work to do. Okay, let's say, for example... The universities are closed, I believe. 
they're, they're closed, you know, exams are cancelled and these guys just want to bask in the, in the sunlight. And those people who are fit and healthy, they could be, you know, potential. And like you said, Omar, like they won't have anyone at high risk in that household. See, did you want to add something to Omar's point? I mean, I think you covered it perfectly. I was going to say to Omar, nicely nominated his three friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I already said I would. Yeah. That, yeah, to be honest, okay, and I think we will get Asim on this show as soon as possible because yeah. yes, you know, the main aim of this podcast isn't to get people, you know, panicking. We're trying to, you know, support people and spread awareness so we can help people around the world. And Asim, you know, he's the foundation of that. He went out today and he yeah. went out, you know, for the past couple of days and past weeks is supporting. So yeah, we'll get him on the show and sort yeah. of ask him any sort of questions how people can help and because I know he's been sort of speaking with the Sheffield City Council so it would be fantastic yeah to, to get his thoughts on things yeah but yeah guys thank you very much for coming down here today okay well done first episode in nailed down we had a rocky start at the beginning I feel that my introduction wasn't as great as it could have been however we got through it we smashed it right. and yeah on to the next on to the next lads I've got, um, guys, I've got guys, one question to ask all of you before we wrap up. What yeah. are your bets on how long this whole thing lasts for? Is it a teabag first? Right, tea guys, bag. I'm going to go for months. We're going to be riding the wave for months. That That's without, you know, looking into it too deeply, but that's what I'm thinking because, you know, China's been dealing with it for a few months now. Italy's been dealing with it for a few months now. They're not clear as such are they so just, just about, about getting them. over it i believe i think wuhan's just come yeah. off lockdown yeah i'm not mistaken wuhan two days ago eases the coronavirus lockdown as the restrictions have now stopped i do believe in beijing people were allowed to go outside have they really beaten it it doesn't make any sense that you know let's say they've made loads of really strict restrictions right that means there's loads of people that were at risk of getting it and they didn't getting it then they let go of those restrictions. Those people that never got it, i.e. they're not immune, surely they're still at risk. Mm-hmm. And there's still people yeah. getting it, even if the numbers are low. So I it's think that my personal opinion is countries around the world are concerned about what their public image is amongst the rest of the countries in the world. So they want to show that they've got the best measures in place and they're the first to get rid of it. I'm not saying that's China, but in my head, it doesn't add up them saying that they're clear of it just yet. 